love that opening music. Every once in a while, I have to remember to thank our good friend Dave Powers for writing that opening for us, uh, hanging out at the club. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's awesome. Hi, everybody. I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to uh, Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. If you're joining us on Facebook Live tonight, thank you, or YouTube Live tonight, thank you very much. We appreciate that. I really, really do appreciate that. How do you distinguish yourself as being the 87th funniest comedian <laughs> in, in America? Um I, I don't know, but Pete Lipsy will be joining us. Comedian Pete, Peter Lipsy will be joining us, and uh, that's from his bio, not ours. So we'll figure out that mystery a little bit later on in the podcast when we bring him in. It's also February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. Puxatani Phil uh, did see his shadow, so I think uh, that six more weeks of uh, ambivalence. <laughs> Just... Just the six more weeks. Six weeks. Six more weeks of ambivalence. Uh, but then here in Ohio, uh, we have Buckeye Chuck. And, yeah. And Buckeye Chuck uh, did not see his shadow. So that means early, early spring, which means it, uh, six more weeks of ambivalence. <laughs> as far as, as I'm concerned. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, I was thinking the other day. Uh, you know, Pete Lipsy coming up in just a little bit and, and how I came across Pete after all these years, we used to work together as they say in show business back in the day, early on in our stand-up careers. And uh, this, this is, this is the, this is where we're at in the world right now. We, we bumped into each other uh, on a zoom chat that's how it is now. <laughs> we didn't see, we didn't run to each, into each other at the at the airport while we were both getting on different planes, or 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 bump into each other at a at a bar in Chicago where he lives, or in Columbus. We didn't run into each other at Target and say, "Hey, buddy, long time." No, it was a it was a Zoom chat. That that's how we that's how we bump into each other now on Zoom or Google, whatever the case might be. That's fine. It worked out great because he's on the show tonight, and um, and, and that's how we've come across a, a, a few people here, and and more to come as a result of that particular Zoom chat, which I want to thank fellow comedian Doc Barham for putting together. We had fun. There was like nine of us. It was a, just a, a, a excuse my language. It was just a cluster fuck of comedians um, <laughs> all, all, all chatting, and um, uh, you know, and it was fun talking with other comedians and it and and it made me a little bittersweet. I've come to a realization and and, and I'm not trying to uh, to invoke any sympathy when I say this but but um I'm wondering what's happened to my what's happened to my swagger when March no seriously my swagger my what what's you know when March rolls around this year it'll be one year one complete year mm. since I've been on a stand-up stage. Oh. And I don't know. That's the longest I've ever gone without being on stage telling some sort of joke or story. And I'm wondering if I've gone past the point of no return. Like, you know, if I were to say you're, you're on stage tomorrow at the Funny Boat, I'd be petrified. I don't even know what the hell I talk about. And you go, well, what do you mean you don't know what you talk about? With everything that's been going on, you don't know what you talk about? I don't know if I want to talk about that because we've been talking about that for the last nine months to a year. Um, you know, what's a, and, 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 and then I was even more intimidated when I watched a, uh, a video of this guy from like uh, 1995, 1996. It was a YouTube video. And I watched this guy who had swagger and no fear and confidence and was handling every little mishap that might've gone wrong in a live performance at a club. And I was so envious of this guy while I was watching him. And it, and it was, it was me. 
It was me. <laughs> it was me from 1995 and 1996. Oh, and I'm like, what happened to that guy? And when I say I've lost my swagger, maybe I haven't lost it so much as it's just been replaced with sensibility, with, uh, <laughs> with maturity, maturity. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the fear. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 you know what I'm missing? I'm missing the. I'm, I don't have any vim or vigor. I'm not even sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure what vim is. But when I asked Siri, her first definition was not you. <laughs> but but uh, I have no vim. I have no vim. No vigor. No energy. No excitement. And uh, I'm hoping to, to maybe gain some of it back tonight by reminiscing and discussing and having a lot of fun with our guest, uh, Pete Lipsy, comedian from Chicago, who will be joining us here in just a little bit. Thank you, everybody, so much for uh, coming and joining us this evening. I really do appreciate it. Let me bring in the boys that help make it possible remotely. And, hey, hey, hey. And someday, want to get once again, hey, hey. We are, after we're all vaccinated twice, and, uh, and and can uh, sit freely amongst each other again, be it safe distancing or whatever. Um, Greg Hansberry this time up in, hey, the, hey. in my left-hand corner and John Whitney uh, down below me on the video side. So, hey, boys. How are hey, you? How you doing? hey, you never lost your swagger to me, Dino. Well, thank you. No. Yeah, I, but you guys know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys know what I mean? It's just kind of just like, I, I don't know if it's just everything accumulatively has just kind of just drained us a little bit. Uh, I hear you. Be, but just like, I just, uh, I, I, I want, I want to get my step back in, in the, in the worst way possible. Um, but thank you guys for doing what you guys do. Our guest bottle before Hansberry does some business tonight. Uh, I know we're all drinking separately. Hansberry, what are you drinking this evening? Well, I've got a, uh, what they call it, infinity bottle, but I only had enough to make uh, like one pour. So it's 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 a, an infinity pour of about four or five uh, leftover uh, You understand bottles. that the infinity bottle is a bottle you're supposed to fill completely with just the remnants <laughs> of whatever you have and then let that marry for a, a while. And then I'm not patient enough. No, I'm not patient enough. I, I, I used to be really pour. good at, at an infinity bottle. Yeah, I, I, just, yeah, I keep drinking it. Yeah, it's right. A, I, I, <laughs> have my, uh, I have yeah. one infinity bottle that I, 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 I drink from. I believe Whitney's sampled it. It turned out pretty well. Surprisingly. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And I have a second infinity infinity bottle that's marrying as we speak that has probably 24, 25 different remnants in it of whiskey. So I'll be curious to see what that Are you supposed like. to make it marry for a certain uh, length of time? I, I don't know. I have no idea. This no marry idea. since uh, this <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're drinking that. And Whitney, what are you drinking? Uh, a little bit of Weller special oh, reserve. Yeah, a boy. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only benefit to doing these things remotely is that I, I can actually partake of the some of the forbidden fruit that you say back. Mm -hmm. I, I have the, uh, the, the Weller foolproof. Nice. Um, 114 proof. Um, wow. The very special bottles that uh, I was part of the. I actually selected this particular. Oh, yeah. This, this particular bottle. Um, the blue uh, label is sharp, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, undisclosed mash bill, but it has all the Weller goodness in it. And, um, this is uh, bottled at the same 114 proof that the uh, original distillate was entered at. So it's not barrel proof. It's it's foolproof. It went in at 114. It comes out at 114. Um, and it is, you know, I've obviously I've had this before, but not on the show. So it counts as our 153rd bottle. Now, is um, that an Ohio select or is that? It is an Ohio. That is an Ohio right there. It's uh, you can see it. Uh, it's an Ohio Select. One. Oh, you were lucky to get that bottle. That's pretty nice. No, I actually went down and selected. I know you did. Bottle. I know you did. And there's an even better <laughs> one behind it. Oh. And if you can actually find it somewhere on the shelf, you know, it's supposed to go for fifty bucks a bottle. Yeah, if that's fine. That's, that's a suggested retail price. I don't even want to tell you guys what it's going for on the secondary market. As little as 150 bucks a bottle. I've oh, seen wow. it as much as 450 bucks. A, a quick bottle. Google popped up at 499. 
Four ninety nine. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hold on, hold on to the other bottle, man. That could help you out in your retirement. Right now, but uh, but Hansberry, uh, as uh, and both you, both you guys have developed a better nose and palate. This is just like this is like a, this is like a bakery in a bottle right here, man. Mm, nice. got, uh, spices and, and vanilla and cinnamon and uh, 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 and then afterwards a nice little a nice little warm uh, finish that I wish lasts just a tad bit longer. I'm hoping that the bottle behind this one, which was my favorite one out of the selections that we made, might do that. But this is uh, pretty good. And some everybody everybody that's joining us is drinking something. Osbeck's drinking some Russell's Reserve 10-year. Um, uh, che Miller says that was a fun day. You're right, Che was with us on that mm -hmm. trip. You know, uh, and J.B. San Filippo says, you're right, Dino. You used to be much sharper, but you're 62 years old. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Angel do that to you. You know what? I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait till somebody like Jamie Sanfilippo is 62 freaking years old. And I just want to see, I want to see if he's me at 62. You know, hey, we, we've met his dad, and his dad is sharp as a tack at, uh, oh, it, you know, it, yeah. It, well, it, well, depending on how, sh how sharp is that tack? Well, you know, yeah, it you still know. fits into the corkboard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't I fall off the court. Fun to see, want to see what these guys are like when you know, right? Anyway, anyway, oh god, that is so good. I have to have another sip of that. Yeah. I it just I could the caramel. Mm. Anyway, so that's our guest bottle. This tastes and, like butt. Uh, if you I'll can, drink <laughs> <it though>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, if you can find the Weller foolproof. By all means, pick it up. And if you can find it at a reasonable price, even at 150 bucks, I would say I would say get it. All right, let's get to it, shall we? How do you yeah. distinguish? Your uh, Let me do the business real quick. Yeah, business. I business. I forgot about the business. I always forget about the business. I don't know what it is. Oh. Maybe because I'm 62. Yeah, you're 62. Well, I'm welcome to the. I'm not here. young, 62. April. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Vim and Vigorless Whiskey Business. The Vim and Vigorless. Please uh, subscribe to Whiskey Business on your favorite podcasting app if you haven't already done so. We're on all, all the big ones nowadays. Um, you can rate and review us, uh, too, please. That uh, helps uh, other people find us and boost all of our, our analytics. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. And if you're watching us, thank you very much. And if you're finding us later, there's a little subscribe button right here down here and a little bell icon. Click on both of those, please, and thank you, and then you'll be notified whenever we have uh, live streams like this or new new videos posted. Uh, Facebook, thank you. Like us and share if you are, are watching right now. Feel free to comment like we've been uh, doing already. We will be happy to uh, share and answer your questions and comments. Um, and right now, while we're live, share this with your friends and, and um, you know build that build that engagement up. It'll be a lot of fun. The more the more the merrier. Bring it on. Instagram, Twitter, Whiskey Business Pod dot com is our website where all our archive episodes and and um videos and some of dino's writings and all all the uh vim and vigorless content you ever <laughs> that's gonna stick with you isn't it the vim and vigor. <laughs> i got no vim i got no vigor hey uh a shout out to michael beasley bowen i haven't seen that name in a long time how are you michael thanks for joining us i appreciate it how do you distinguish yourself as being the 87th funniest comedian in america I have no idea, but let's find out and welcome our guest who, uh, who, if you haven't heard, I bumped into him on Zoom. Pete Lipsy joins us this evening. From hey, the yeah. John Hansberry. Hey, hey, hey. Great to see you. Am I coming in okay? Can you hear me? You sound great. You're coming in loud and clear. Okay, that's good. You guys were breaking up a little bit, but first of all, let me tell you something about 1995 and 1996, Dino Tripodis. All right. All right. He hit the stage, and it was like a dynamo, like a whirling dervish. I remember him. His hair flowing. It was like he had a radio gig. <laughs> and he was the man in Columbus. Yeah. Dino was a force. So when he says he's lost his swag, we've all kind of lost our swagger on stage. I've had one live gig that was a month ago in Kenosha, of all places. Stop bragging. And me and the other comic were driving up. We were like, oh, boy, we don't know. And, you know, there were 20 feet apart, and it was good. 
But like Dino, that was my first live gig since March. I've done two Zoom gigs. This will be the third. So how, uh, how are the, the, uh, the when you say you've done Zoom gigs? You've actually done stand up on Zoom. Yeah. So oh. I, I I I had two gigs where um, one was for three hundred like dental assistants and dentists. And uh, <laughs> a lot of teeth material. So it was me. Do you, do you know you know Bobby Tassel, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bobby's a good buddy of mine, and we go back years. And uh, so it was Bobby and I, and there was like uh, a guy, uh, uh, you know, just uh, talk like you guys. Uh, so there was one guy directing the Zoom, and if we can make him laugh, we knew we were doing okay. Which is hard to make one person laugh all the time, but all the mute buttons were off. There's 300 people, so you can't put them on a gallery. And so we were just basing our material off this guy. And it was actually kind of fun, but we were all drinking. By yeah. the way, I got the Tennessee whiskey from Kirkland. Thank you very yes. much. Yes. Wait, Kirkland. wait a minute. Wait a minute. From Kirkland. Is that from Costco? You have Costco, Costco whiskey? Let me see. How big is the jug? How big is it? Do you have the bottle? Yeah, well, it's, it's this. Let me see it's it. the Tennessee um, mash. It's the 1.75 no. liter. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's Lincoln County process. Like I told you before, the show, I didn't know what they're yeah, Right, right. But, Is it coming uh, like a shriek wrap of four are bottles? There, are there larger proof whiskeys? <laughs> I, I don't know much about whiskey. Uh, what I know you, more than 80 proof at a Costco. Is it 80? There'd be it's police there all day long, I think. But yeah, so Dino on the road was great. And uh, as far as being the 87th funniest comic in the country, good buddy of mine, Richard Label, he's been doing it for 35 years. He was one of the original improv guys. Uh, improv olympic and we were talking one day he goes you know what i think you're like the 87th funniest guy uh in the country and this was years ago which meant i was between mark skippy price and noodles levenstein which means i was funnier <laughs> than one of them, but not quite as funny as the other and so and that was years ago i'm probably well down the list but I, but i say that because people are like what the heck does that mean and it's just Something that kills nine seconds when I come on stage. So yeah, no, it, it, it's great. It's great. But, but I didn't say, if you were to say, like, here's a nice guy in Noodles Levenstein, who when I started in Milwaukee in '88, I was doing open mics. He was closing the the new big room in Pewaukee, and they didn't have his Pewaukee. cash, so he stole the microphone, which I thought was, you know, listen, after weeks of work, it probably eighteen hundred bucks a week back then. Right. They didn't have his money. He probably stole the twelve hundred dollar microphone. So, like you know, it's, it's kudos to him. But right. one of the greatest <laughs> names of all time, Noodles Levenstein. So it's a great name. It's a great name. What a great. Yeah. It, now, a, have you worked that, with them since? Have you worked with them? <laughs> with, I've not worked with. Uh, I've not worked with Noodles. Noodles Levenstein. Levenstein. No, no, yeah, no, no. Was he a clown? Not had the pleasure. Of He's a good Catholic boy. With Noodles. So 87th might be 387th. Like, like yeah. Dino, when you and I started, I mean, I, I started full-time in 89. Maybe you were a year or two more than me. Uh, no, I started about the same. We started about the same time, actually, 89, 90. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I was in Milwaukee for a year and a half doing open mics, and they moved back to Chicago because Chicago is six hours to Columbus, five to Louisville, five to Cincy, five to St. Louis. And then at Perfect. 2 in the morning, it's like, oh, it's another 60-mile drive to Milwaukee. So I moved to Chicago to be more centrally located. But, um, but yeah, uh, uh, what was I going to say? So we started at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I think in those early days, I did a lot of the bones, which you did. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably where I remember you the most jobs. is, is most here at the Funny Bone when you would come in. And um, I was telling the guys before you joined us, uh, and, and this, is, this is kind of a, a, a curse, and a blessing. I consider it a blessing because uh, over the course of my my time on the road, uh, which was magnificent, I had some of the best years of my life. But there mm -hmm. were good guys, and there were some there were some not so good guys. And you yeah. always had a reputation of being just one of the great guys. You know, I've I never never remember hearing a disparaging word about Pete Pete Lipsy. I mean, you were just one of those really nice guys, and and sometimes. Nice guys would get taken advantage of, you know. Well, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, you're right. There are great guys on the road and some not so good guys. But that's part of the journey, right? I mean, right. Uh, it's like me talking to you and meeting these guys. Like when we did the Zoom, it's like, 
You know, when you're in it and you're starting off, and I always say, how long have you been doing comedy? Two years. You want to say 10 years. And the longer you do it, you want to say, oh, I've been doing it two years. But then I hook up with these guys I haven't seen for years. And they're just like me. They're hustling for gigs. And they're still doing their thing, which is great. Because when we started, there were like 6,000 maybe full-time comics on the road out of 310 million people. That's kind of pretty cool. Right. Now, you know, and, then, and then like in the 90s when they were papering rooms and everyone was a comic it grew but now i think it's probably less than six thousand full-time comics and also yeah. at that particular time there was a comedy uh for lack of a better word a renaissance if you will yep. going on where, where clubs were popping everybody wanted to open up a comedy club and, and and there were a lot of what they call a rooms like the funny bone and, right. and, and some of your big and then there were b rooms and c rooms which we played them all i mean you know all of a sudden a holiday inn in whitesburg kentucky would 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 turn their lounge into a comedy club on a Friday and Saturday night. Friday, and Saturday, yeah. Yeah, and they would have a they would have a comedy show, and 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 so we would play. You say like nine ninety early nineties. Uh, I'd say starting off hitting the road. Uh, I I think we both worked some Sharon Rarick gigs uh, back in the day. Like Did I'd you? say ninety to ninety six was yeah yeah. Booming. Did you work for Sharon Rarick? I, I never worked with Sharon. Tried never. to. You know, there's regional bookers that you try and get in with. Right. And, then, you know, I was a Mueller guy. I was a Tom Hansen guy. I was a Sobel guy. And then, you know, you get these one-nighters. And that's back in the day where they had Tuesdays through Sundays. Right. And Jokers in Oklahoma City had three shows Friday and Saturday for some god-awful reason. Why have a midnight show? Why not just have an 8 know. and 10 and have four great shows right. instead of Four great shows and two not good shows. Squeezing out that comedy dollar, man. Getting every last oh bit of gosh. liquor sale possible. The midnight shows were just uh, very seldom that I come across a good midnight show. And I dreaded it. Every once in a while, you'd be fortuitous enough that everything would go the way it was supposed to. Uh, right. Midnight shows. And, for, and, and, and I always hated second show Friday night. Because second show Friday night was the people that had worked hard all week long and god yep. bless them they were out on a friday night and they were out drinking and having dinner then they decided while they were half in the bag that they wanted to come to a comedy yeah. show second show friday night and those would be the nights that be the that would be one of the more disruptive yeah. uh evenings as far as a, an unruly crowd where somebody would 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 try to throw down their gauntlet with whoever was on stage at that particular time want to heckle yeah, I want to heckle, mm -hmm. and that's when you would have to actually, you know, have your yeah. wits about you and be able to to handle them. But um, all in all, though, I mean, it was it was a, it, it was great. A and I always thought it was me, you know. All right, I'm having a craft show on Friday, and when I was either opening or middling, and then you know what? Then I see the headliner, really great comics. They're struggling too, so it's that psychological thing that uh, you know. And I will say this. And I don't know if you can count on your hand. I've had maybe only 11 shows in 30 years that were just anything I said. It was all working. All cylinders were banging. And not to say I haven't had other great shows. I have a great show. But I can count like 10 or 11 where it's like, man, this is where you don't want it to stop. Magic. Those are, those are the random group of people for whatever reason at that point in time, at that night, they're just with you. So after 30 years of stand-up and countless performances, 11? 11, 11, that, were, 11 that were magic? 11. Yeah, well, 11 superb, 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 writing in, how come no one's using me for anything type shows. Right. Uh -huh. And, and, and that's what, that speaks to the power of it. We're really good. But... Uh, like, yeah, that speaks to the power of it because if you have eleven shows out of all those, those eleven shows, I mean, it's like like heroin. You know, it's like yeah, God, it's so good. You got to keep coming back. Just for eleven out of you know, thirty years. I'll what tell you one of the shows. So Billy Corrigan of the Smashing Pumpkins. I grew up in Highland Park, Illinois, suburb north of Chicago. He bought a little tea shop in the town I grew up in, and it held sixty-five people, eight-foot ceilings, no microphone, packed. And I did it three times, and those are two of the best shows I've ever done in my entire life. I can't explain it. It was just, again, a, that gathering of people. And so, and so when, you know, we haven't been on stage in, in, a, in a year, and it, listen, do I bring up notes? I never bring up notes, but, you know, to get the time in, would I? The first time I hit the stage, if we ever get on stage again, maybe. Mm -hmm. Possibly. You know. 
Yeah, and know. also, and also, uh, you know, I, I, I was I was watching some of your uh, your your old videos online. I mean, you're a you're a a setup punchline type of guy. You cram more into twenty minutes than I could in an hour. I mean, you just you're, you're boom, 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 boom. You go, you go, you go, you go. I mean, you're, you're you are you are a laugh per minute type of guy. Well, I I tried doing that because, and I have longer bits too, but. Um, you know, my early days, like we all did, you'd burn through material. You know, I'd have started, I have 15 minutes of material and some shows I'd be done in six minutes. Oh man, what do I do now? But I like the one-liner, you know, the topical joke type stuff. Cause if you don't like the first two, you might not, you might like the next six. Right. And it goes on and on and on. Boom, and boom. no comic will make everyone laugh with every joke. But I think I told you this on the uh, Zoom when we were on last time, uh, you know, MTV, I believe, killed America's attention spans because they're the ones that started with putting mm -hmm. edits. Boom, 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 boom. I can't follow right. you. Right, right, and right. So right, if right. I have a funny three-minute bit, and there's no way today's audience is following me. But now my demographics like you is 45 to 70. So, mm -hmm. you know, there might be a little more <laughs> reasonable people in the crowd that will listen. And uh, Do you, you still have vigorous old folk? <laughs> <laughs> when, did, when did you, uh, what, what were you doing before stand-up? Did you have a job? All right, so here's a weird story. So uh, I went to school at Drake in Des Moines, the Drake mm -hmm. University in Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, I, was a radio TV, I was a radio TV major. And I worked at a bunch of radio stations. Moved back to Chicago. Um, was with my mom, you know, living at her place for a little bit. And I was working at a radio station in Milwaukee for about a year. And uh, I was doing some TV uh, film production in Chicago. And I got tired of the 68-mile drive to Milwaukee. So I finally moved up on a Friday, signed my one-year lease. That next day, Saturday, unbeknownst to anyone at the station, station was sold. Mm. We're all out of gigs. Sounds right. familiar. So yeah. I just I have 364 days left on my lease. So I got a bunch of jobs. One was a messenger at the Milwaukee Journal. And then one was bartending at a place that had a comedy night. Yeah, it was an open mic night. And I've always liked comedy. And so after about two, three months, my buddy Drew, who was the beat writer for the Milwaukee Brewers, says, why don't you go on stage? So I wrote five minutes and went on stage, got a few laughs, mostly not. Didn't know the red light meant get off the stage. I did 15. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, it was like a disjointed 15 and but i but i liked it and so because i was like i'm funnier than that guy i'm funnier than that guy that's how so it starts on and you know just started doing what open micers do and a year and a half later uh hit the road yeah you know as an mc at that time you can get gigs everywhere right you know, it's like open mic even a thing now and, in chicago open. at that time we had the improv the funny firm laugh factory and 16 oh. other full-time clubs yeah, the funny firm. I remember I played the funny firm and Zanies and and so forth and so on. Yeah, oh, Chicago the firm was unbelievable. It was it was a classy joint, man. It was a it was it was it was kind of like a a Ritz Carlton of comedy clubs. It was a beautiful club, right. and it's called and the Funny Farm. The, the Funny firm. Firm. Uh -oh, firm. 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 Yeah, the Funny Firm. The one time I was there, and you remember these guys? It was me, John Bongiorno. We switched opening up. Uh, Diana Limo, remember Diane? Uh huh. And then Kathleen Madigan. Wow. And that was at the time where the you know the fire marshal didn't care that everyone was sitting in the aisles. That thing held probably 500 people, oh, and they wow. packed them every they show. It was them, great. Man. The sound system was great, like the Columbus Bone sound system was unbelievable. Uh, so, I uh, worked. Uh, so yeah, that was great I worked with uh, Richard. God, God rest the soul, Richard Jenny, at the funny oh, firm. Wow. Yeah, Richard Jenny. Um, when he he was a he was a, a troubled soul even even yeah. back then, but so so funny, and uh, and another time with Bobby Slayton. Oh, I worked with Bobby at the Boise Funny Bone probably fifteen years ago. He's a Skechers guy now. I think he does Skechers commercials online. Yeah, but Bobby yeah. was great. Bobby was terrific, and at the time, uh, you talk about pre, you know gigs that we we both had. I was my first year first year and a half of stand-up, I was still doing my, my, my day gig, which was, uh, I was an investigator. So oh, wow. I was, uh, yeah. So, and when Slayton, I remember Bobby Slayton is like, what are you talking about? You look, you, you look a private eye, you look a private eye. 
I go, I go, yeah. And he goes, and you work during the day? I go, yeah, because I was actually uh, in Chicago at that particular time uh, on a, on a, a long term assignment, and he was like. So what I mean is that like you got like a like you got a you got like a like a microphone and a flower in your lapel. <laughs> That's <laughs> you all it takes. Are, are you taping conversations? And he goes, what are you working on right now? Let's go, let's go. I want to go with you. I want to go with you in the next day in the morning. I want to go with you on a case. You know, he was all he was all like, you know, no, you, you can't why not? You know, it'll be good. Yeah, be good. let's go. You know, and 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 uh uh, I actually made some notes about that. And, and yeah, we, listen, he was a lot of fun, and um, but I never worked with Jenny. Jenny was, with Jenny. Jenny was Jenny you know, was. You know Mike Pace, right? Yes. Pace is a good buddy of mine, and he told me one day that he was middling for Jenny. And Pace, I think, is one of the strongest comics in the country, just had one of those shows where he destroyed and Jenny comes up there and goes, who the heck are you? You know, and Jenny did great, <laughs> as all good comics do. But, uh, right. yeah, I wish I would have. I almost worked with him once, but I never did. Yeah, he was he was great and a, and a, and a really, really good guy. Nice guy. Very nice to me uh, yeah. uh, coming up, uh, as as were uh, a, a lot of the, uh, the, the, the top headliners of that particular time. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember being very, very, very gracious and very kind and and helpful. Uh, Slayton was helpful. Uh, Lenny Clark out of Boston got helpful. me into the, 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 with the, I, yeah. Helpful, helpful doesn't happen anymore. Like when I started, you know, when I was opening up in Chicago, all the guys have been doing it two or three years more than me. I I ask them questions. What do you do? How does this work? How do you get gigs? How do you write? And they would they would literally tell you how to do it. Today's comics. At least the ones I've seen, and I don't do any open mics because they're like, "Who's this old guy?" They're right. Crazy out. I'm just yeah, trying to get out, and they all go to their open mics and they're looking at their phones. They do their set and they go. No, they that, go you're not. The, you're not the first person I've heard that from. Um, there was a, a longtime comic we had on the on the show on the podcast uh, out of Cleveland, Charlie Weiner, and he and he uh, said the exact, he said the exact same thing. Um, you know, he, he remembers back in the day when it, it was uh, a, 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 a family, you know, where the comics hung out afterwards yeah. and, and communicated and exchanged ideas and thoughts and bits. And, and hey, you know, I got a tagline for you. And he would go when, when he would be booked at a club, he would go early in the week. And, he, he would, and if the club had an open mic night here, he would go. And he said that he, he felt that same isolation where yeah. not only not only like who's the old guy, but even amongst themselves, even even yeah. even even the even the, the, the comics that were there, like there were a couple guys that might be friends and hang out and so forth and so on. But everybody seemed to have uh, uh, their own agenda as to what they were doing and where they why, were going. Why is it? Is it because everybody's cut I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't I don't know if everybody's cutthroat. I don't even know. I don't even I don't, I, I'm not even. I'm not even blaming them. I just think it's yeah. how society. I just think it's 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 a shift. It's a shift in communication and society and uh, and and been part of uh, uh, the situation of of of, yeah. of you know how how we communicate now. You're I think right. it's this thing. Has on the phones. Yeah, the phones it, their yeah. community is not in the comedy club. Their community is online, right? You know right. what? Uh, everyone wants twenty instant access and, and instant uh, results. So it's the phone, and I don't care. And hey, my stuff's twenty. It's like it's like networking. Right. I've done a few networking gigs where you, it's me and Dino, and I'm like, hi, uh, uh, and maybe Dino's uh, saying his spiel to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, this is what I do. You know, it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's great, but here's me. And so I think there's a lot of that. You know, I think a lot of comics, I won't say comics, but I will say comics. Like back in our day, I think there were comics that got developmental deals, right? They wanted to be actors or whatever, and they would trample over the art of being a stand-up comic for whatever reason to get that deal. And I love being a comedian, you know, 99% of the planet doesn't know me, but I've been doing it over 30 years. So that in and of itself, like Dino, sure. and like you guys doing your gigs, that's, there's something to be said about that. Right. And, uh, but there's some guys that are like, I don't care. I'm just gonna. And so that, that kind of upsets me. But and I, and I and I take I tip my hat to you who who's been when I use the word journeyman uh, for thirty years because even though I've kept my my feet in stand up waters for the past thirty years twenty four of those years 
we're, we're on a, you know, spent hosting a morning show here in Columbus, Ohio. Right. I was doing morning radio for 24 years. So, um, you know, in the beginning, when I first started doing the radio gig, every opportunity I had, you know, I would go, if I had a vacation week, I, I booked a week in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, every Thanksgiving for like three Thanksgivings in a row. Oh my God. I, I was at uh, Colleen's room in Omaha, Nebraska doing Thanksgiving week. And, and I would go and then I would take vacation weeks. And, and once every six weeks or so I would take, uh, especially the first year when I was just the co-host of the show, I wasn't even the host of the show. I would go back out to uh to California and 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 try wow. to still do sets and, and spend a long weekend and and try to get my my spot back at the comedy store. Um oh yeah so I mean because I, I did not think that radio was going to work out you know right right so I, I wanted to make sure that I I kept all those uh how uh, those how great how great were Colleen and Joan the they were great. And they hold were, on, and, and dumb it down for me. Remind me who were Colleen and Joan. <laughs> Colleen and Joan. Colleen and Joan uh, ran the Omaha Funny Bone, and uh, cool. they were just uh, super ladies who had an appreciation for what we did and how we did it, and uh, they yeah. ran a great club. And, and the Funny Bone's a chain, but it has its right. individual owners, and they uh, like kind of their own bookers and everything. Uh, the, actually, they had uh, their own club managers, and maybe some some of the people had a, a stake in in any particular club in the chain. But uh, primarily, it had a uh, you know one owner who kind of had them all. But uh, various uh, people would right. get different different had different capacities and what they had invested in the club in the early days. You know Dan Whitney, so Dan was there all the time before he right. became Larry, and when I worked with him, I probably worked with him seven or eight times. He was working on, he used to do a radio show, or he was syndicated in Florida. And he had this kind of uh, rednecky guy, this pre-Leary guy, and he'd always say, what the hell is this, Russia? And I think that was the precursor to Larry. And this is back in the uh, 90s. Right, right. And when did Larry take off? Late 90s, early 2000s, something like that? I, I, I remember seeing five minutes of Larry the Cable Guy because uh, on stage he was still Dan Whitney. And uh, I remember seeing five minutes of Larry the Cable Guy uh, at, uh, I want to say, side, side Splitters down in either uh, Tampa or or the or they had two clubs at the time. One of them was uh, 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 the I can't remember the other city it was in, but I remember seeing like five minutes of, of Larry the Cable Guy before he exploded yeah. to the phenomenon that he was. Um, yeah. Jamie says it's just a change of times. 20 years ago, everybody had a bar they hung out at and had friends at that bar. Now, if you do the same thing, people think you have problems. I'm not saying right. they're wrong, but at least 20 years ago, uh, they didn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he makes a good point. Uh, Jamie, despite being younger than me, is an old soul, so he understands. So I got. Have you ever uh, saw Dan Whitney's first twenty minutes as Dan yeah. Whitney? Yeah, yeah, one of the strongest twenty ever, just insane. Right, and and then the last fifteen were, you know, but uh, but Larry, man, uh, good for him for discovering it, expanding it, working on it, and, milking uh, it, tapping it, and just uh, turning uh, it into a an industry. It's Literally. an industry. An industry. I think he's uh, from a small town in Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Small town in Nebraska. Bought a lot. Bought a. From, uh, you, you hear things through the comedy filter as to yeah. what he bought a shitload of real estate, you know, a bunch of land that, you know, that that someday will be developed. Maybe it won't be, but he owns property and land and, yeah. and so forth. Like a and, dollar an acre, something like uh, that. Yeah. You know, it's something so crazy. crazy. But he so, bought, yeah. So Larry yeah. the Cable Guy was just a character that did for a few minutes on stage, right? And then it kind of blew up, right? Right. So think about if you've got a character that you've worked on here and there and it explodes, is it a curse in the end mm, that you're basically call. stuck with uh, Larry the Cable Guy for 20 years? Yeah, God. Yeah, I don't no, know I'm just saying like – Yeah, the poor bastard. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean. Creative, yeah. Creatively, is it a curse? I would imagine so. I mean, on on, on some level, maybe it is because maybe maybe that people think that's all you are and who you are. But uh, you know what? Uh, Dan Whitney's actually a very smart guy as well, and I think that if he chose to do something else and put some uh, thought and behind it, he he could he could do something else if he wanted to. Yeah. But yeah. you know, 
when you're making a shit ton of money. I know, right? You it's it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. You don't want to put that aside. Yeah. And, and, bills, and, right? and, but and, as Larry, though, <laughs> dude, a dramatic Larry, role. Even within the Larry character, he's still got to write stuff as Larry. So he's still right. writing jokes. Sure. I mean, it's it's whatever narrow. Which could be prohibitive. Yeah, but, uh, could be prohibitive. Yeah. Could be. You mentioned a, a a great name earlier, you know, Michael Pace, and I also noticed that the you still kind of work with Pace. I, I saw some of your. Uh, so you, you write with him, literally write with him. You work on screenplays as well. And I saw that there was one in there with uh, you and Pace as the uh, screenwriters. Yeah, well, the one's called the debriefing. And we thought this was great. Basically, presidents elected on inauguration day. He finds out he's a lame duck president. Fakes his own assassination to find out who's running D.C. The ending of our movie, we had just finished it. And then the net with Sandra Bullock came out. Oh and man! Their exact same <laughs> ending was the exact same ending we had, uh -huh. and we're like, "All right, son of a bitch!" There goes that. It so then, uh, it so then, um, Pace and I uh, wrote Pink Slip, and the first one, my brother John helped us on the debriefing, and then we wrote, wrote Pink Slip about a gay strike. Okay, when if every gay person in the country didn't go to work for a week, and so we had serious funny, and it was all the way through, and then like six months later, a day without a Mexican came out. Oh. Same idea, never saw it, and like, all right, great. And then Pace and I we wrote a a, a comedy called The Dick Brothers. It's about lifelong buddies. <laughs> they like comedy. They go to stand-up comedy. They become a comedy team. They do great. They break up. They get back together again. It's a full circle thing. And that was really funny. And if any movies to be made, that would be the one, the lowest budget one. And uh, and look, Dino knows, you guys know, entertainment is hard. But the movie mm -hmm. industry, I, I can't even imagine. We so we make films. Yeah. We we have we have yeah. a film it's almost streaming. impossible. Yeah, it's almost we have impossible. a we have a drama, not a con. We have a drama streaming on Amazon as as we speak that we shot a few years ago. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, and I have uh, we have that, and uh, we have some shorts as well. That uh, yeah, we make films. Uh, Whitney and I make films, and yeah. we keep promising Hansberry that he's going to be an Uber driver in one of them. But yeah, we have. We have so you put them on YouTube. Does is there any traction from any of them or? Uh, actually, uh, the street where we live is actually on Movie Choice uh, for free now on YouTube and, yeah. and, and Tubi TV, yeah. and still streaming on Amazon as we speak. Um, one one uh, the best okay. uh, so, festival yeah. award winner, and and uh, yeah, yeah, gotten some great some great reviews on Amazon, and and it's it's interesting. It's 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 finding a. Uh, a a second life based on the on the on the theme of the film, which is right. uh, takes place during the the recession uh, of two thousand eight, and when everything was uh, collapsing and and people were were uh, suffering a lot of hardships. So it's interesting that you know, yeah, we're connecting. We, with we them go, now. we go. You know, you 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 and Pace are working on funny stuff, and we ended up writing a. A drama. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, yeah, keep want, I mean, we keep wanting to write a, a funny movie, but agree, agree or disagree with me. Uh, people say, and, and Jamie is going to be one of those guys that chimes in. He's like, when the hell are you going to do something? When are you going to make a funny movie? Oh, that's funny, next. Funny no, no more dramas. No more but, dramas. But, but funny movies are hard to make. Yeah. Funny movies are hard to make if you don't get the timing just right. Yeah. And if it doesn't click, it, it 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 nothing will flop faster right. than an unfunny movie. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know if if the timing and the chemistry and the writing isn't tight and right. Would right. you agree or disagree? I no, I agree. And let me just briefly, as an aside, and I haven't seen it in thirty five years. And I talked to Pace about it a couple months ago, so I I rewatched Ishtar. Now, I know it did not do well with. Beatty and Hoffman, but that is a pretty freaking funny movie. I love that kind of inside their horrible act, but they 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 find their way, and there's some great lines in that movie. Uh, you know, that that's just me. Not the yeah, funniest yeah. movie ever made. Animal House, line for line, line for line, is the funniest movie ever made. I, yeah, I can't. I, the, it would be up there for sure. But for I think me. it stars in the top 150.
Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> said the man you know, who's the weird. So said the man who's the eighty like seventh man in America. Early nineties, my brother and I, we took the screenwriting seminar in Chicago, and the guys from Fraser and Cheers. So we went to this hotel in Chicago, and they had a four foot high wall of scripts that were probably a hundred foot semicircle. And they're like, so you guys want to be screenwriters, huh? And that was back in the day where everyone was submitting scripts. And I think that was a time where like only 180 mainstream movies got made a year. Now it's totally different and much less. Yeah. And a different process to get a movie made. But it's so hard. So congrats to you guys for getting your stuff on the air and viewed just because it's it's money and who are you and I don't know you. And I always think right. of the Tim Allen manager thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Allen, uh, What's that? Yeah, he's doing stand up for years. And right before um, what was the tool time show? Uh, whatever the show was, Home he hit a big, got an L.A. agent. And the agent's like, I want to use this management company, blah, 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 blah. His local Detroit manager was an outsider. And so he had to say, see ya. to right. The guy he's had for 20 years. How hard is that? That's and that happens like all the time, right? All the time. Let me ask you this, Peter. If not a comedian, what would you have done? Well, well, I was a, a radio TV major. Uh, I know what you were before comedy, <laughs> but if not a comedian these past 30 years, what road do you think you would have gone down? I would say, and that's an excellent question because I don't have too many marketable skills. <laughs> um, you know we all use the creative side of our brain I would probably say and it's weird probably advertising where I can do something writing wise mm -hmm. okay. you know I, I, I liked working at radio stations but can I be a 9 to 5 finance guy no uh, I did get my real estate license in 03 which is kind of like comedy it's back-end money it's independent contracting it's dealing with people sure and um you know it's the altruistic oh you want to make someone laugh you want to sell buy or rent their house make them feel good about the biggest financial thing they'll ever do in their life so so um yeah i'm a pretty good realtor but would i love to be doing stand-up still full-time full-time sure but right. uh that stuff's not around anymore so you know advertising and that whole industry's changed you know, um, but some kind of writing thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Where were you in the in the middle of your stand up career when you met your wife? Yeah. So, um, so this is a funny story. So I was living in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> I was living in Milwaukee, and um, I was uh, doing a gig. And I, when I got done, my buddy and I, the celebrity club was this uh, bar club. Uh, Pat McCurdy. He was a local Milwaukee musician, was playing there. And so my buddy and I and another friend were in the back, had a, a pitcher of beer. And my wife was there with four other women. They were bridesmaid shopping. And these other four women all knew each other. And they were like, da, da, da. You know, they're very catty, you know, very bridesmaidy. And so she looks over and she goes, can I join you guys? Because we were sitting right next to them. So she joined us. And, uh, you know, we all hit it off and we went to an after party at one of her friend's house. And three of the people that met that night ended up getting married. They're still married. Wow. Oh, wow. So she was living in Madison. I was in Chicago. So it was long distance. And I was working a two week stretch in Minneapolis. And when you come back from Minneapolis, you have to drive through Madison. And it was Super Bowl Sunday. She had a party. So I stopped there. And, and that's kind of how it started. And then she moved to Chicago, got her physical therapy license and, uh, you know, when did she move? In 96. Got married in 97. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's been 20, uh, coming up on 24 years. So 24 yeah. years and three kids later. How old are your kids? Uh, Jimmy, he's a, he's a senior at Minnesota. He just got a gig with Potbelly. He's a, he's a um, supply chain right. guy. All right. I have a freshman at Tulane. She dives on the diving team. And wow. I'm a sophomore nice. in high school. Tennis player just made the badminton team. So, uh, oh wow. So, I got what part of town are you guys in, Peter? You still you're in Columbus or Chicago? Yeah, well, Matt. So, it's a suburb okay. north of yeah, uh, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I was, um, I was uh, in on there for a while. 
I lived yeah. actually in Old Town, right down the street from, from oh, Zane's. Oh, gosh, Old Town yeah. by Zane's. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, second... old, old Jerusalem? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a Middle Eastern place. That's I don't know, no, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I miss it. No, but that was the thing. I would go to Zany's every once in a while, and then I'd I'd pop into uh, Second City. They would do the late night uh, oh, impro yeah, right. free, free improv set. So right, like right. I would I was too poor to buy tickets, but you could sneak in and do the free like midnight That's thing. Right. It was right across the yeah. street, about a two minute walk. So yeah, that yeah. that was great. Yeah. And uh, listen, Chicago's fun, and uh, but nothing's going on in the city now. Had our troubles in the summer, like a lot of cities did, and uh, yeah, right. We'll see what happens. So right. my wife's getting her second vaccine because she's an essential worker, so that's good. That's oh, good. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think my like wife's getting hers year, next week. I'll hit it till August or yeah. Uh, September. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Me either. I, I'm just gonna wait for the uh, the, the Flintstone chewable and chewable. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 at this point, yeah, I don't know when I get mine. Let me have the Bam Bam. Right. Yeah. Depends yeah. off the Brazilian strain, which is also <laughs> South, South African strain, but not as bad as the UK strain. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you guys, it, it's so bad. I'm telling you, it's. Has it? Has it? Has it? Has it changed you? What's that? Has it changed you? Has COVID changed you? Has it? Has it changed you mentally, emotionally? Oh, yeah. I, I, professionally, I get, but you know, it, it's a question that 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 you know I ask almost everybody when we talk because it's kind of like you can't ignore the elephant in the room, uh, and COVID is that is that contagious elephant i mean has yeah. it has, has it messed with you a little bit i mean listen uh as a realtor i can do my stuff at home but i go to the office a lot because i have to get out of the house and you know um uh it it, it gets you stir crazy there's independent contractors that's all it's hard enough doing stuff at home so i have sure. to find time to go out and just get out of here but of course it's changing you can't see your buddies you know, as I get older, my sphere of influence, meaning the people I want to hang out with, is very small as it is. And so I can't see them. And, uh, you know, we can't go to restaurants. We'll order out a couple times. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, you can't you can't do anything. And then you see these people all over the place in some cities who are not wearing masks. They don't give a crap. And, oh, I think it's a hoax and all that. And yeah, I, do think, you know, I do think the numbers are going down. Yeah, they're doing better. They're doing better. I mean, we we, we got a ways to got a ways to go. Uh, Ota, I was uh, guesting on a on a radio show this morning, as a matter of fact, and they were talking about the Isle of Man, where they have fifteen cases mm -hmm. of, of of COVID. You know, fifteen, and nobody's allowed in, and uh, anybody and anybody that comes in has to super quarantine, and they're back to full blown open. You know, everything. Yeah restaurants everything else uh but the, but they're keeping a, a a tight lid on on every case that that comes in and in, in or out so they got it under control same thing down in uh in australia you know western australia is like one yeah. case just came up just uh, so you know it's it's possible it's it, it can it can happen if everybody kind of gets in line and, yeah. and does what they're supposed to do for even a somewhat extended period of time you know it's just uh, if, if we did it for four weeks way back when way back when if, if you know lou rawls baby if i could have would have should have you know uh, that's right you know but people are entitled you know they have to go to uh they have to go to cold stone to get their uh, ice cream or wherever yeah. it is you know it's right. uh it's essential it's it, it is essential that is very true uh, very true so you know, going back to what what Hansberry kept uh, reiterating and making fun of earlier, do you have your Vim? Do you have your Vigor? <laughs> Pete, Pete Lipsy, Vim you and Vigor. Did you have Vim and Vigor? That's right. Hey Whitney, uh, didn't didn't we have a video? Do you do you want to play the video? I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna. Hang on. I was oh, gonna. Sorry. I was gonna. I'm you know, stepping on your toes. I was getting to it. I was. That was gonna be my my little cherry. I'll on, edit this part out on top of the Sunday. You know, before we uh we, we closed up. Yeah, but we do. We have some. Uh, we can harken. We we can harken back to some early Pete Lipsy days. 
and, and, and then find out, well, you know what? You brought it up, Hansberry. Let's, so you don't have to edit. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's go. And this, <laughs> here's, here's a little bit of Pete Lipsy back in the day, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I got a driver's license renewed last week on Elson Street. You guys ever get your driver's license renewed down there? Yeah. Man, that sucks. Yeah. They won't still let me wait in line for over seven hours because I ain't speaking enough Spanish. <laughs> I'm not saying I was there all day, folks, but it took me longer to get my license than it took Augustus Gloop to get sucked off the river's administration pipe and Willie Long on the chocolate back. <laughs> great reference. Great I like I love that. references. Yeah. Oh, that suit, man. That suit. Whoa. That was so well, suit. David Byrne-esque. Yeah, very well, here's nice. The deal. Here's the deal. So probably like you know, I would wear suits and sweaters and suspenders. And one day, I was in a, a, a gig in Dothan, Alabama, where I still wore a suit, and they weren't having me at this bar. No, and that uh, was uh, that was 32 minutes of silence. And so <laughs> now it's just like I'll go on stage with whatever. But yeah, I like wearing the suit. That was at the Improv, and uh, they were the funny firm, and that was a great crowd. So uh, how about that hair, huh? Yeah, jet black. Jet, jet, black, yeah, black. jet black hair. I can see I can see why your why your wife uh, gravitated towards you. You're, oh you know. my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, so you know, you mentioned Charlie Weiner earlier. I think I worked I with did. him. Did you ever work with him at um, the Rapid City Room? Uh Paul um oh what was his name? He ran it. it had slot machines on the side of the stage. No, that no, was really no. good. It was me, Charlie Weiner, and someone else. That was a great room. And uh, oh, what I was going to tell you, we were talking about the uh, so many comedy clubs. It got to the point where, like, certain cities would do it every week, like Pierce, South Dakota, state capital, capital, South Dakota. That's a one every nine week room. When I was there, they were doing it every week. I closed down so many rooms because there aren't enough people to support it. There aren't enough decent comics to come every week. And that was the downfall, I think, in the later 90s of comedy. Right. Uh, so I don't know why I brought that up, but uh, I had to get the Charlie Wiener thing in. Yeah, no, Charlie's a great guy. We had yeah, a, 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 a two-parter two -parter with Charlie because he was actually here in the oh, house. Wow. And, and we uh, we talked about uh, so many things and uh, – and, uh, he was very open and honest. He talked about his, uh, his bouts with depression and, and, mm -hmm. and we, we, we went, we went deep and that's kind of what I miss about the, uh, the face to face of this podcast, which I want to go back to. I, I, I seem to, uh, not that we haven't had a great report tonight. You've been absolutely terrific, you know, from, from start to finish. Yes. But I, I do like actually being across from somebody right. in a situation like this when I'm talking to them and, uh, interviewing them. Because I can see some things that uh, that that I miss when we're doing this, right? You know, you know there's 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 certain uh, there's certain things that uh, I, I can pick up on when I'm actually sitting across from somebody that I that that I miss when we're doing it remotely. But uh, we'll we'll get back to those days. Yeah, we'll you get back to those. I mean, we'll, we'll you're like you know, Larry King. You know, you got someone across from you, like Joe Franklin. Uh, right. You know, remember that guy? Yeah, Joe, Joe Franklin. Franklin. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Larry all those King. guys. Larry King, yeah, what the what is great? Yeah. No, too soon. He, he just died. He just died. he just died. Too soon. His his uh too soon. He was eighty. He was ninety. Oh my gosh. Something. Like <laughs> his, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Hello. I mean, you hello, know, Columbus, on. Ohio. I don't understand. You're on the line. I don't understand gluten. I love gluten. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it was the, nonsensical. It, it was nonsensical, and then just kind of like I've been eating it. gluten it like all my life. Pringles right. non sequiturs, which I like. Yeah, Pringles yeah, yeah, yeah. are not really a potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> Liberace, you're onto something. Liberace, one hell of a racquetball player. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say, and I'm sorry, bro, did you say Liberace, one heck of a racquetball player? I was channeling yes. Larry King, yes. He would just, oh. with his non, with his non, with his non I don't know if Liberace played racquetball. I would no. imagine, you no, know, no, but the, you know, it's a funny image. The big outfit. Because yeah. when we started, like, I used to be, I have to go from one bit to the next to the next to the next. 
right. I'm all over the place now. That's that's the funnest. But I mean, mm. you know, I don't know when you started. If you said, "I here's my first bit, second, third, fourth, fifth." And then oh yeah, I was very very structured, and yeah. uh, someone I, there was a time in my in my act where I had so many where you had to pay attention because I had so many callbacks that someone said your business card should say call me. I call back because I would yeah. have so many callbacks in my in my show uh, that you know that if you're paying attention, you really got to uh, appreciate how how it was structured and so forth. And uh, it's interesting because when I when I went to uh, Europe to do a few gigs. Um, uh, when I was in uh, in Denmark and I did a little club in Denmark, it, it's interesting that 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 audience is like they it like the callback was something like we've never seen this before. What do you what do you what wow. you did? How you how you did this and and you brought it back and then you brought it back again and like like a whole different appreciation for something oh, that that's that, awesome. That, you know that 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 I was just taken for granted, but they would like uh, uh, appreciate the artistry of yeah. of what you were doing. Um, that is that is so cool. Bill Bauer, Wild Bill Bauer taught me how to do a callback. Yeah. You ever worked with Bill? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I worked with him for years on the road. We were doing the Second Street Slammer in Hastings, Nebraska, and it was this big old airplane <laughs> hangar, right? Love these, love these clubs, the second oh street. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I went over 35 minutes, but I never bailed on stage. And he always appreciated that. And so we worked together on and off for years. And he taught me kind of how to write jokes. And um, uh, I love doing callbacks. Six times in my career, though, I forgot to do the setup to the callback. I closed the show. <laughs> <with. laughs> completely like, confused. Guilty. Matter. I did pretty guilty. Oh. Get it? Guilty. Why did I get a laugh? Why did I get a laugh? Oh, right. I, I never, I never actually uh, set it up beforehand. Yeah, yeah. That would happen on three night shows for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, 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 you remembered that you did it in the first show, the second show, and then you assume you did it in the third show. Right. But, but, but you didn't. All right, we gotta we gotta start wrapping things up. Yeah. Uh, our guest has been uh, Peter Lipsy. Peter, if people want to find you and what you do, and because uh, I know you do a lot of corporate events and uh, a lot of stuff like that, and and and, and private events, if they want to find you and contact you, how can people do that? Yeah, it's my website. It's my name, Peter Lipsy. L I P is in Peter S E Y. PeterLipsy very easy. Google my name, go to the website, and uh, I got a contact page and clips and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if you think my style fits what you're looking for for an event, give me a call. You know, they're all fun. You know, and I don't know about you, Dino, but, you know, doing the gigs is obviously the best part. But if we have to fly or drive, getting the gigs, making phone calls, it's just right. for some reason, it just seems a little bit harder these days, but it is. I appreciate the gigs I get more and more and doing things like this. This is great. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. It was, uh, yeah. it, it was very great. fortunitous that uh, Doc fun. brought us together again. Yes. And, and uh, let's stay in touch. Let's, let's, let's keep in touch and, 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 uh, and, and get you back for another time or something else. Yeah. One of these movies Hits and you sell it. And That's right. It goes. I'm a hell of an Uber driver. <laughs> and I, yeah. and listen, I hope I didn't step on any of you guys' lines because, again, I don't no, know. Man, I can hear you fine. clearly yeah. sometimes and not. So, uh, no, uh, no, I no. appreciate no it. Nice meeting you. No, no worries. But do take that to heart what Hansberry said. In one of your scripts, if you have a, a role for an Uber driver, put him in because that'll take the burden <laughs> off of us. Yeah. No yeah, more. yeah, exactly. We won't have to worry about it anymore. He'll be he'll be an Uber driver in a film. Absolutely. Put him in. Put him in. Uh, our guest has been uh, Peter Lipsy. Before we go, Hansberry, another tag on some of the business that we need to uh, get to. Yeah, let me get my cheat sheet here. Uh, of course, if you were listening uh, on uh, on the your favorite podcasting app, thank you very much. Make sure you hit subscribe and uh, rate and review us. If you're watching us on Facebook Live or uh, maybe you are a Facebook fan and you've already 
watched us or you know this is like an old episode that's uh been posted um you know make sure you keep tabs with us and make sure you like us because we do these live events and you can be mm -hmm. part of the conversation all right and uh like and share with all your friends that you think you might like this thank you very much youtube whiskey business with dino tripoda same thing subscribe and and uh, hit that bell icon and and everything will be sent directly to your phone whenever uh, uh you know new things uh posted uh what else instagram twitter um oh the marvel universe i think we're getting right. we're getting marvel close universe. to the marvel universe yeah wandavision yeah. we're like that close to being on the yeah, next yeah, episode yeah, yeah. of wandavision, WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, and whiskeybusinesspod.com very good very good also uh reminder that if you can come across it and find it the uh the weller oh, i always get this wrong do they still have them i mean is it still theoretically uh, possible to find it no no no, but if you do come across it somewhere, the Weller Foolproof, and of course, yeah, the Costco whiskey that, that Peter's got there, the Weller Special Reserve. There's still bottles of that hanging around. Hansberry's yeah. Infinity Pour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it went down. It went it, down, it, especially after uh, the ice melted. If, if you find this for what the, <laughs> what it's supposed to cost, then grab it up. But right now, on the secondary market, it's absolutely ridiculous, and do not pay that price for this. I mean, it's good, but nothing's, I shouldn't say nothing's $450 good because uh, I'd be a hypocrite. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, Hansberry, I like the uh, the album choice tonight as well. Yeah, yeah. Totally. George Carlin, Class Clown. Yeah, find a good, uh, yeah that was a record for you. One of the greats, one of the greats. One of the greats, fine choice there. So once again, uh, thank you, John Whitney on the video side. Thank you, Greg Hansberry on the audio side. On the great guest side, uh, Peter Lipsy, thank you so much. I'm your host, Dino Tripodis. Next week, sports writer Todd Jones, who's uh, going to be kicking off a podcast of his own Sweet. that uh, that uh, uh, that will detail some of the great moments in sports that he's covered over the years. We cover everything from A to Z on Whiskey Business. And so, my friends, until the next bottle, see ya. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Kearns, and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.